Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. Like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. For just being me. Amy Winehouse. Back to Black. Directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R. Under 17. Not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. On the Bechdel cast, the questions asked if movies have women in them. Are all their discussions just boyfriends and husbands, or do they have individualism? The patriarchy's effing vast. Start changing it with the Bechdel cast. Hello, and welcome to the Bechdel cast. My name is Jamie Loftus. Oh, hello. I guess we're doing these accents. I didn't know, but here we are. Um, I just want to incense our audience. As cl- I just want to polarize them right at the top. So, yeah, of course. Uh, my name's Caitlin Durante. Durante. <laughs> <laughs> and um, we are here to talk about uh, the portrayal of women in film. The Bechdel test is the metric that we use uh, <laughs> in order to <laughs> in order to talk about uh, how women are portrayed in. in what the bloody films. hell is the Bechdel test? It, well, it's, it's something usually applied to cinema, but can be applied to all media. Uh, it, <laughs> uh, how long are we going to do this bit? It's a test. Uh, we're we're we're. <laughs> I don't know because there's no reason to do it too because this movie is not Australian. No, not at it's all. It's not Australian. I think anytime I see Miles Gree, I just begin to talk this way, and it's it's had to break out of. Um, well, so the Bechdel test. There, yeah. Okay, we're back to our our regular toad speak. The Bechdel test is the metric we use to discuss it. It is a test that requires there are two women in a scene who have names who talk about something. Other than a man, not many movies pass. We talk about other tests as well, but that's our jumping off point. Shall we demo it? I would love to. Hey, Jamie. Yes, Caitlin, what's up? Have you ever have you ever been to Australia, mate? I've never been, but everybody thinks I'm from there because of <laughs> my very convincing accent that uh, no one finds annoying, and they actually think it's very cool. <laughs> I like how you go into like a Liverpool accent toward the end. Uh, <laughs> it's do, very cool. It's a spectrum. <laughs> <laughs> well, I passed the Bechdel test. Uh, so. It's true. Yeah. So it doesn't mean that uh, everything that passes the Bechdel test is not annoying. It can be very annoying. Sure. So, you know, let women be annoying. <laughs> damn it, it's our time to be God annoying. God damn it. Time's up. <laughs> Men being annoying. I get to be annoying now. <laughs> 
Well, well, today we really we we have a a banger today. A banger. A banger. Uh, <laughs> we we got a real a real bing bong today. I'm very excited to talk about this movie because. It is a movie that is nine years old, and yet I feel like the public opinion of this movie has changed drastically since the movie's release. Mm-hmm. 500 Days of Summer. Here summer. with us. Summer. Summer. Here with us to talk about the film yes. is our friend, a very wonderful person, a comedian. Sorry, I'm going to go back to how I usually talk. Oh. <laughs> uh, she's a comedian. She's uh, one of the co-hosts of Lady to Lady podcast, Yay. and she's got an album out called Opinion Cave. Brandy Posey. Hello, Governor. Oh, hello. How's it going? <laughs> Top of the morning to ya. Hello. Oh, I don't know if this is good or not. <laughs> this is good, and in fact, it's great. We have yeah. alienated all of our uh, international, <laughs> international listeners. <laughs> Hello, international listeners. <laughs> it's okay. I'll just talk American over here. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> well, we here on the Bechdel cast, uh, we, that was my attempt at a southern accent. Uh, let's... <laughs> We're blowing it. <laughs> blowing hey, it. Hey, y'all. Let's just get into it. <laughs> let's get into the discourse. So, Brandy, what is your history, your relationship with the movie 500 Days of Summer? Um... <laughs> Does that size say it all? Uh, I watched it last night for the very first time. Oh no, kidding! Oh wow! I, yeah, I I don't like Zoe's whole thing. This movie like seemed like it was peak whimsy. The manic pixie dream girl thing just like really mm-hmm. irritates me. Sure. And this seemed like at the time when it came out that it was like the most that. And I know that that's not necessarily a popular opinion sometimes. So I just was like, if I don't see it, then I don't have to talk about it. Mm-hmm. And then nine years later, I was booked on a podcast where I had to talk about it <laughs> <laughs> to strangers. <laughs> sure. Thousands of them listening. It's well, great. Thank you for your sacrifice. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's fine. It's all good. Yes. Uh, I was watching this with my boyfriend last night, and he um, he got about halfway through, and then he was like, stop waterboarding me with twee. I'm going to bed. Ooh. <laughs> good. Yeah. That is basically what this movie is. Yeah. yeah. Well, Jamie, what's your history? I'm guilty of loving it. I was 16 when this movie came mm-hmm. out, and it really got me. Yeah, I really loved this movie when it came out. Mm-hmm. But but I, I, within a few years, had turned on it, which is why yeah. I think that a lot of people had that experience of this movie when it came out. I was mm-hmm. like, it's it, it love, and this is what I want. And then... I remember watching it, I think, in college just a few years later and being like, oh, this is like kind of horseshit, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I will I will say I don't think it is a movie that is self-aware. It has no idea what it's doing, but there's a few different ways to watch it, all of which I think are sort of interesting. Because mm-hmm. there's when I was watching it this time, because this is probably, I've probably seen this movie five or six times mm-hmm. over the years. And every time I watch it, watching it from this perspective, knowing that the message is ultimately like net negative kind of, yeah. um, it's interesting to watch this movie as if it knows what it's doing. Because if it was a self-aware movie, it might be brilliant. Yeah. But it has no idea, and so it's dumb. Self-aware in terms of it knowing that it's Joseph Gordon-Levin is the character. villain of mm-hmm. the movie. Yes. Yeah. Which I don't think the movie has any clue, because in, I was reading about the production, and the guy who wrote it was like, I was going through a breakup, and like, yeah. I was, you know, I was at my heart, and me, you know, very, very sensy boy mm. bullshit. Oh, yeah. This is a guy that has put holes in all of his hoodies for his fingers. His oh, thumbs God. go through all... My Oh, fuck off. My <laughs> Where even Joseph Gordon-Levitt now recognizes 
I mean, and Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I just, I don't, I don't know that he's done anything wrong. I do find him annoying. That's whatever. I'm here for Joseph Gordon. I am a fan of his. I grew up watching Third Rock from the Sun a lot, so yeah. I liked him from an early age. And yeah, I don't know. I just, uh, I'm not going to join his fan club or anything like yeah. that, but this I enjoy be, him. This is going to sound contradictory of me, but Joseph Gordon-Levitt is, is a bit in your face about how very woke he is. And I, that's just a quality in men mm. I find annoying. Yeah. Not harmful but annoying oh for sure i i tweeted about this movie last night um because mm-hmm. i was just furious watching it and <laughs> i had some leash and here's the thing if you say that you don't like 500 days of summer several woke men will explain to you the Ooh. movie as if you just don't understand oh. what it's really about hey women aren't women aren't objects they're people who can think for themselves honey oh my king and several Cute. several several guys did that to me last oh, night gee whiz. so i'm still uh, there um, what, I, what i'll say for joseph gordon levitt is like as early as 2012 he declared himself the villain of the movie mm-hmm. yeah uh, so it is interesting where there is mm-hmm. there he and Zoe Deschanel have both spoken of this movie in retrospect and pretty close to it coming out as like, yeah, that wasn't a good story mm-hmm. or not as good as everyone thought it was in 2009. Well, and like I could see reading that script and being like, oh, the intent is that I'm a my character is a villain, but it's just executed really poorly. But yeah. I also don't think that was the intent of the thing in the first place. I don't think so either. I think they were like, it oh. made me want that movie, though. Yeah. I would let, like a movie where the, you know, sensey indie boy is like mm-hmm. punished by the narrative. Mm-hmm. For sure. Well, it's funny because this movie aspires to be Garden State. Which is, what a horrible goal. <laughs> Can you imagine? To <laughs> what end? Your goal to be like, I just want to be Garden State. I'm striving for BRAF. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> well, whenever we get around to uh, Natalie November or whatever time we do <laughs> Portman Portman July <laughs> was really the funniest <laughs> phrase ever. I don't know why it was. But yeah, I loved this movie when it came out and turned on it within a few years. Yeah, same thing happened with me. I saw it pretty shortly after it came out really enjoyed it thought it was you know mm-hmm. a subversive example of like a, the rom-com genre yeah. that i uh, had come to hate just mm-hmm. crazy because it subverts nothing you know but that yeah. was what people thought when it came out yeah well yeah. you know i was not as you know aware of things back then so and then i think probably only saw it once or twice between then and now and mm-hmm. and now that i've rewatched it it's a whole new world yeah. So, uh, shall I do the recap of the story? The recap <clears throat> of the film? Are you going to mm. start with the opening where there's just like several lines of text? Sure. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> a great place to start. So, the author's note um, yeah. that happens over black before we see any oh, even images. And courier font grow up. <laughs> yeah. Where we can assume the screenwriter, the director, whoever's yeah. story this is, says, the following is a work of fiction. Any resemblance to persons living or dead is purely coincidental. Next frame. Especially you, Jenny Beckman. Next frame. Bitch. Uh, so. Swish, right away. And we're swishing. <laughs> yeah. I mean. <laughs> Start with a three-pointer. <laughs> I like stood up in my house. <laughs> and was like, oh, cool. So this is the movie. <laughs> I would love to watch you watch this movie. <laughs> I was just punching a pillow like, the entire Brandy's time. is very upset. <laughs> Yeah, so just in case you weren't sure how this movie views yeah. women, yes. um, it thinks they're all bitches, basically. Bitches, skanks, and whores. Mm-hmm. All three words are used. Yes. Pretty Uppity yeah. super skank yes. is, is invoked. Uh-huh. God, I mean, this was like the late aughts where it was, and, you know, all of history, but yeah. when it was 
the sniveling loser was getting fucked for some reason, but it was just as misogynist as the jock. And it was just yeah. like, well, what? Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 What's yeah, the yeah. difference here? <laughs> right. Um, so we meet Tom, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, and we meet Summer Finn, Zoe Deschanel's character. Tweet. And mm-hmm. so Tom is our protagonist. He loves love. He's a sensey boy and he is like on the lookout for the one. Something about him just is like he totally has called someone like we're like Jack and Sally, you know, like he oh, has yeah. that like hot topic adjacent vibe of like, <laughs> yeah, I've never said this to anyone before, but you're kind of the Sally to my Jack. I'm like, I'm going to kill myself. <laughs> yes. No, he for sure has like a mix of just songs that are about two names. You know what I mean? He's just like, okay, these are going to be us. Cool. <laughs> awesome. This man made a sex playlist in 2007, has not updated it to this day. <laughs> He's like, not. what do you think about beach house like that's like he's gonna finger you to a beach house album he's done it a million times and then he'll yell at you later i hate him (laughs) can i get mad that you're not getting off during usher can that (laughs) (laughs) okay so so tom and summer meet at work and the movie follows their relationship in which they are either together or not basically Mm -hmm. Him having feelings for her over the course of 500 days. And the movie tells the story out of chronological order. What does they think it is? Pulp fiction? Ever heard of non-linear narrative? Kind of a cool <laughs> thing this movie does. I think that sometimes when movies go non-linear, it is to mask that it is a boring movie. Yeah. Um, yeah. Almost always. <laughs> it's like, oh, put it in sequence. This movie fucking sucks <laughs> yep <Yeah>. absolutely <laughs> oh but the past is happening now it started good and then it got bad like i feel like the out of order adds almost nothing to this movie. yeah that's just a note yeah i, I would mm-hmm. tend to agree yeah. um so we see their relationship unfold and their breakup unfold over the course of the movie again it's taking place not necessarily in chronological order we do kind of start at the beginning, though, where they meet. He sees her, and he's just instantly enamored with her. And she is ambivalent. She barely notices him. And then he gets closer to her. Other characters would say that he stalks her. Um, which <laughs> He listens to the Smiths. Mm. Thank you very much. Yeah, yeah so and, he uh... could not commit a crime. Yeah. <laughs> he's sensey. We don't see him stalking her the way other movies portray a mm-hmm. romantic pursuit a lot of the time, but he is like, he's taken an interest in her and he is trying to get her attention. Yeah, uh, yeah. And then eventually that does happen and they have like a work hang at a bar in which his friend Mackenzie says like, hey, do you want a, a boyfriend? And we'll talk about this whole conversation mm-hmm. when we get to the discussion. But uh. basically she says that she's not really into having a boyfriend but they he's like she's saying it but she doesn't mean it i'm gonna change her me and my four inch penis are gonna change her life (laughs) her silly woman mind doesn't know what it needs me and my right he's the most flaccid man to ever take breath (laughs) 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 she and she will be mine Yeah, so then they do start dating, and throughout the whole course of their relationship, she tends to be kind of distant. She tells him that she's not really looking for anything serious. He is, meanwhile, in love with her Mm -hmm. Um, whenever he thinks that she's not into him or whenever she breaks up with him, he falls apart 
and has to consult his toxic friends and his mm-hmm. sister, who is a character who has never existed in the world. Just a we'll wise talk about that. Child, just a wise, I love a wise we, child. Yeah, we'll get into that weird the wise trope. child trope. <clears throat> ruins me i hate yeah. it it's so fucking lazy do you think they all go to school together and that's why they're so <laughs> they're, wise <laughs> just the most insufferable group of pretentious little like actually kids yes. ever Ugh. that should be an that should be a youtube video of just like cutting all of those kids in conversation together Every, yeah there it's just Ugh. oh it's horrible and the I feel like it's also, and we can, when we talk about that character more in depth, I feel like she, that character is fully exploited as a way to make Tom seem like not a bad guy. Because it's sure. like, oh, he's so nice to his little sister and he's yeah. clearly a good role model for her and they're so close. But like if you deconstruct that even a little bit, it's just like the screenwriter grasping at straws of like, how can I make this guy not look like a shithead? Let me yeah. put the story out of order. Mm-hmm. Let me give yeah. him friends who are worse than him. Let me give <laughs> Give him a sister so yeah. it's like he doesn't hate all women yeah he has a sister you know <laughs> exactly. oh it's such such sneaky shit yeah. at play here mm-hmm. so basically the story ends with them breaking up him being distraught over it and then she gets engaged and then married and mm-hmm. he's all like oh, but you said you didn't want a boyfriend and now you're somebody's wife and what i don't understand what was wrong with me that you didn't love me and then this sort of this is the catalyst that gets him to be like oh i should pursue my architect degree i'm gonna go on a job interview to become an architect and there another lazy yeah. movie job that does like mm-hmm. architect that's almost like oh does zoe deschanel work at a gallery this is also yeah. our second recent episode we've done that features the greeting card company trope one i hate oh from the movie yeah. her her there uh-huh. the, and then yeah. and now this of like another coded sensey boy thing of like he's too sensitive for the greeting card company we what? love him what a beta i know yeah. <laughs> uh, and i want to be clear Ugh. that we don't i am fine with men in real life who are emotionally sensitive and vulnerable i don't want to sound like we're being like ooh, sensey oh, boys no, no. but the way yeah. that movies often depict that mm-hmm. character is that they are still extremely toxic those men but we right. are led to believe because they're so sensitive and because they know how to write i love you into a greeting card we are supposed to sympathize with mm-hmm. them yeah. so much it's just so. a self-serving sensitivity <clears throat> where exactly. it's only they're still selfish like it's like no like i mean i'm dating a very sensitive guy but he thinks out of himself all the time and right. cares about right. other people and puts yeah. them before him and like at no point does do any of these guys in these movies ever do that right yeah it's only no. about them we love when men are expressive it doesn't happen enough in the real world but yeah. this but the, this character like the reason i feel fine making fun of it is because it's all false it's exactly. not yes. real at all mm-hmm. so yesterday jack o'brien brought this to my attention uh, joseph gordon levitt revisited this too and he tweeted literally yesterday it's august 7th today he tweeted mm-hmm. this yesterday someone tweeted still haven't forgiven zoe deschanel for what she did to joseph gordon levitt <laughs> in 500 days of summer and then jgl to his credit responded watch it again it's mostly tom's fault he's projecting he's not listening he's selfish luckily he grows by the end i was like oh <laughs> 
Okay, oh, so good. Uh, our, at least our he's acknowledging that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anyways, sorry. So, so the movie ends. He goes on this uh, interview during which he meets a another cute this. gal, and <laughs> he's like, "Oh, I'm gonna seize the day. I'm gonna ask her out." Then he's like, oh, "What's your name?" And she's like, "Autumn." Uh, we're like. <gasps> I also stood up at that point. <laughs> it was just a series of me just standing in rage and then sitting back down. <laughs> I felt trapped in my own home. That, that time I, I did actively hiss when that because I, I forgot that happened at the Aww. end. I was like, no. <laughs> So does that mean whenever they break up, he meets a girl named Winter? Like, what are we meant to believe here? He's going to end up with a solstice. That's what Mm. he's going to end up with. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, I need something more whimsical than summer, please. (laughs) So that is the story. We've already kind of touched on some of the tropes that we see from different characters, some of the problems that the movie just slaps us in the face with. Well, I suppose a good place to begin is the way that a lot of the characters use language to disparage women, to Mm -hmm. disparage queer people. Other marginalized groups of people. Yep. Like, so, for example, whenever Tom's sister, whose name is Rachel, comes over. This is the very beginning of the movie. She comes over to console Tom after his breakup with Summer. His friends are there as well. And they're all like, oh, maybe she's just in a bad mood. Maybe she's hormonal. His sister's like, PMS, maybe. That was crazy. (laughs) So bad. I was like, oh, God. It's just her hormones. Don't worry. (laughs) Her having agency and making a choice to not be in a relationship anymore that she didn't want to be in, that's her having PMS. Yeah. <laughs> Can we just sign up for one second? Yeah. This movie also yeah. takes place in Los Angeles, but it does not feel like Los Angeles. It like no. desperately wanted to be in New York, but they like couldn't do it in New they York. Couldn't afford it. So they were just downtown the entire time. Because when the little girl comes over, Rachel's sister, she she's just like is speeding over on a bike, and then she takes off her helmet, and goes inside, and I was like, literally, no one in LA wears helmets. What are we? Yeah. <laughs> and there's a scene where it's like pouring rain yeah and it's supposed to be this like emotional thing where like she shows up in the rain she's drenched and it's mm-hmm. like it rains in la once a year yeah you get one <laughs> week we get one week a year yeah. and it yeah. rains and then it doesn't rain the rest of the time i just like felt gaslit at every moment of this movie especially yes. in the setting of it where i was just like i know what los angeles is and this does not feel like we're in los angeles mm-hmm. <laughs> I also, it took me a while to realize that the sister is Chloe Grace Moretz, mm-hmm. yeah. uh, too. Mm-hmm. So, man, not an auspicious beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, no. No. But thankfully, she graduated to better material like the Louis C.K. movie. Oh. She's in that one. <laughs> oh, she is. She is. Oh, he is daddy. Oh. Yes. In that one. So, there's. Uh, God. I mean, I, should we start with Tom or Summer? I don't know. It's I, hard because Summer isn't a person. Right. <laughs> right. It's, yeah. it, I would argue we know very little about Summer, and we know a lot about a construction of Summer mm-hmm. that isn't an actual person, which is something we can talk about right after the break. Yeah. So we'll be we'll take a quick break, and we'll be right back. Yes. Me. Focus Features presents Back to Black. I want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles. Experience the music and her story. Know this. I ain't no Spice Girl. 
like never before. That's my daughter. That's my Amy. On the big screen. I want to be remembered. Just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent. Only in theaters May 17th. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Hello. Oh, hello. We're, We're still back. here. We're back. We, we actually, like, very quickly went to Australia. Been on and then... holiday. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, let's talk about Summer. Her The backstory she's given during the kind of opening sequence of the movie where we're learning a little bit about her and about Tom. What we know about her backstory is some voice over narration that says... Uh, after the disintegration of her parents' marriage, she only loved two things, her long, dark hair, and how easily she could cut it off and feel nothing. And it's just like, really? these. This is how you're characterizing this person? Yeah. Like, it's such a one-dimensional characterization yeah. that it's embarrassing like the writer should feel embarrassed yeah no I, it's, it's a really embarrassing don't worry, sentence he does to say. Yeah. don't worry he's for sure very not. proud of what he's yeah. done also also it's just like so you're setting her up to be a murderer is that what you're trying to do here right because it's like, as she got older she loved just torturing cats and feeling nothing it's right just like what are we talking about but it's made to be very cute and attractive mm-hmm. the way yeah. that he does it and uh, okay zoe deschanel how do we feel? Because I feel generally that Zoe Deschanel gets a bad rap that is not necessarily fair and perhaps a little bit uh, gendered in the way that she's been treated in her career. And I like her. Okay. <laughs> You're allowed. It's okay. It's totally fine. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I've heard personal stories that she's a piece of shit. <laughs> so oh, okay. that colors a lot for me. Mm-hmm. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like the... The leaning into the tweeness of it is just like, I get it. We all have brands and stuff. I just like, like also this movie was very hard to watch in 2018 with the world that's happening around us right now mm-hmm. because I was like, shouldn't you be like rollerblading at a march or something? <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you should be doing something like tween in a space that matters of some right. kind. You should mm-hmm. be like phone banking and footy pajamas or some shit. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. I would say I, I'll fall in the middle of you two being yeah. just kind of ambivalent about her. Like, I watched several seasons of New Girl. I thought it was generally pretty funny. But, yeah, I don't dislike her. I don't like her. I'm, But I would agree that many yeah. of the roles that she mm-hmm. takes in entertainment are this, like, very twee. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if I would classify at least this role as a manic pixie dream girl type. It's more like Def- chill pixie dream girl. Yeah. 
but she dresses like her mom is the CEO of Mod Cloth. Like yeah. it's a whole. <laughs> well, and it's like it's more like the embrace of like the thing is that stereotype is like a sacred text of like the incel nation, basically like the manic yeah. pixie dream girl, and for her to like take on those roles without like being like but this is wrong and stupid all the time Mm -hmm. to me is like feels a little irresponsible sure yeah i just i just feel like generally and i know nothing about this woman personally yeah yeah but uh, i i guess where i fall on it generally is i think if a man was doing the same thing that she does in that she takes the same role frequently Mm -hmm. it's not a positive role people come down harder on her and she is more reviled because woman. Right. Yeah. Um, no, I think that's definitely true. Yeah. yeah. So that's just something, I don't know. And and this is a something that I guess it's more warranted for her than, mm-hmm. you know, there, it was just like this very popular hot take to have for a while of like, Anne Hathaway is a bitch. Just, I hate her face and I hate blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And like, it was very cool to not mm-hmm. like Anne Hathaway. And mm-hmm. they, when Anne Hathaway literally didn't do anything. Yeah. Uh, and that's just something, I mean, she, like, Zoe Deschanel is peak twee white lady and that has its own set of issues to unpack. Mm-hmm. But I just, it does, like, I don't know the the like hot take of like Zoe Deschanel sucks and like her and bangs and blah blah blah. It's yeah. like I, I mean every I don't know every actor has that every mm-hmm. actor has the role they take over and over and they don't examine it. It doesn't make her better, but I just feel like people come down on her harder. I mean you're right because there are plenty of you know actors who have been pretty typecast to i mean bruce willis plays the same role over and over again yeah for jason sure. statham they yeah, all yeah. they all play Definitely. you know archetypal characters in almost every mm-hmm. movie that they're in but we as a society love those guys and then we do come down harder on people like zoe de chanel for doing the same thing those characters that she accepts are vastly different from the archetypes that like Mm -hmm. you know your action heroes take but Mm -hmm. it's still but those roles are also not available to her right exactly so yeah i guess to me it's also like whenever i see her she channels that in real life a lot too on like couch pieces and stuff like that where she also like leans into it in person so much too that i'm just like just be genuine i want to know who i don't know who she is Mm -hmm. i've never seen that in an interview and if this is who she is then that's that's one thing but i don't believe that that's true so just like there's like a disingenuous about all of it that kind of just like but why Mm -hmm. what's going on here (laughs) because she didn't used to be like that i remember when like she was in uh yes man and like um early like i've seen her yeah 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 Yeah, i've seen her in like early stuff i remember being like oh she's like she's fine and then she just was like oh this is my thing and i'm just like always gonna have a ukulele every time i'm on conan and like (laughs) right the uke is yeah a lot yeah (laughs) you girl i can't uh stand for that Mm -hmm. so Uh, but that was just my i just to get because i for this episode i'm just like oh my god everyone's gonna go into our mentions of like zoe additional zoe additional that's just there we got it out of the way now let's Mm -hmm. talk about the character yeah that's fine so i would say that one of the main things that you do learn about her after you find out that she cuts her hair off and loves it Mm -hmm. or feels nothing or whatever loves the feeling (laughs) (laughs) loves the void addicted to the void (laughs) yeah so her main thing is she married the noid (laughs) (laughs) sorry (laughs) (laughs) So her thing is that she doesn't 
want to be in a relationship, really. Mm -hmm. She's fine with just kind of being independent. And I appreciate that you see a depiction of a woman in a movie who is not obsessed with finding a boyfriend, finding mm -hmm. a husband, because okay. so many movies would have you believe that it's all women think about. Yeah. Um, because one, movies be very heteronormative. And yeah. two, they just depict most single women as just being obsessed with finding a boyfriend or someone to marry. Um, a man! Yeah. <laughs> but then that's like another thing that's interesting about, I don't know, watching it this time. It was like, oh, Summer's way more independent and explicit about that than mm -hmm. I remembered. Mm -hmm. But the movie also does think like, uh, but she does need a good guy. Yeah. You well, know, she's just mm -hmm. like, she says that, but it's a defense mechanism and yeah. she really does need a man yeah. in her life. Like the movie doesn't even believe the character that it wrote. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it, it demonizes that trait about her mm -hmm. where yeah. like, she's mm -hmm. like, yeah, I don't need no man. But because, because she doesn't want to be with Joseph Gordon-Levitt, our hero, the mm -hmm. movie would have you believe that she is an uppity bitch. Mm-hmm. And they literally call her uh, <laughs> uppity better than everyone's super skank. Right. Yeah. I want to see more depictions of women in movies who are not obsessed with mm -hmm. finding a man. And that's like their one goal throughout the whole story. But also to not have that be demonized like it is in this movie. Yeah, for sure. What this movie needed was like you know, the scene at like the party at the end where there's like his expectations versus reality. Mm -hmm. oh, they needed a split screen of how they both saw every interaction that they had. Like they never gave her an actual say in any, like at any point in the movie. Right. Even at that point, you're like, you're like, oh, poor him. He didn't get the thing that he wanted. Like, it's still not like from her point of view. She's like, oh yeah, I'll just invite my friend over. I think we're like cool now. Mm -hmm. You know, it's at, that at no point do you understand what is going on in her head whatsoever? And he's such an unreliable narrator because yeah. throughout the whole movie, he is so like fraught with emotion that he is not seeing things clearly. And I, we can mm -hmm. see that when we watch this movie, but I, I wonder if, like when this movie came out because we're led to believe that he's like this sensitive guy who deserves love and and fuck her for not being in love with him back yeah that we're you know meant to believe that he's this great guy mm -hmm. but yeah we don't see things from her point of view but we're still like supposed to empathize with him so heavily yeah it's very bizarre all the toxic traits that are passed off as sensitive man and it's mm -hmm. like you know ultimately bad a bad movie for young men to see and this was like one yeah. of the movies that young men were seeing and they're like i literally remember my high school boyfriend being like i kind of liked 500 days of summer as a, you know to like really show his hand uh -huh. of like i am a sensitive boy yep. but it's like the if you you know, emulate those behaviors, you're a bad man. This is yeah. a movie about the worst kind of man. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because he is, in, he feels entitled to her. He is extremely possessive the second he meets her. Mm -hmm. He starts to view her as property. Yep. Uh, something that I, again, on this viewing that I noticed is like, Around a third of the time we see Zoe Deschanel on screen, it's not even the character, it's him thinking about her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So we're seeing the construction of her almost as much as we're seeing the character. And whenever we see the actual character, it's usually an argument or it's usually yeah. she's being a bitch or like mm -hmm. that's what the movie would have you believe. And the, the times where she's like soft and so in love with them, it's usually stuff that 
doesn't even happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's or 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 at least, you know, a third mm-hmm. of the time it's something that doesn't even happen. Oh, this he literally bad. like deconstructs her body and is like, yeah. I love this birthmark and your knees and like this part of your hair and like uh, 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 the weird imperfection in your thing. And it's like, oh, you just like literally just like pulled her body apart. And we're mm-hmm. like, oh, these are the five parts of you that I would make into a soup and drink every day. <laughs> yeah. Cool, dude. Yeah. It's like, I just want to turn you into a broth. And How she... dare they do this to Matthew Gray Goobler? Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, sorry, that's just been like on the tip of my tongue this whole time. I, I love goobs. <laughs> I do not understand that reference. I love a little bit of goob. He plays one of Joseph Gordon-Levitt's terrible friends. Was oh, he the, the, the black curly hair guy? Uh, or like the, the blondie? Little blondie. Oh, blondie. Paul. Yes, Paul Paul the blondie. I love me some goobs. Give me the goob. I, I <laughs> said it before, say it again. <laughs> Give me the goob. Uh, but his character is insufferable. His yeah. other friend, Mackenzie's character, is insufferable. Yeah. Which, so I want to go to that conversation That's where... Jeffrey Arendt? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So they are at a bar, have it, like a work function singing karaoke. So it's Summer, it's Tom, and it's Mackenzie sitting in a booth. And Mackenzie goes to Summer. He's like, so do you have a boyfriend? And she's like, a no. And he's like, why not? She says, because I don't want one. And he's like, come on, I don't believe that. And she says, you don't believe that a woman could enjoy being free and independent? And then he responds with, are you a lesbian? Uh, and she said, no, I'm not a lesbian. I just don't feel comfortable being anyone's girlfriend. I actually don't feel comfortable being anyone's anything. Mm-hmm. And then they talk a little bit more. And later on, she says, I like being on my own. Relationships are messy. People's feelings get hurt. Who, Who needs, needs it? it? We're young. Yeah. Uh, might as well have some fun and do serious stuff later. And then Mackenzie says holy shit you're a dude you're such a dude for saying that and it's and that so we can assume the movie thinks that wanting to be single and not wanting to be in a relationship is a guy thing yeah it's a guy quality she's so cool she's a man right exactly (laughs) i mean that's like the guy's gal trope thing that shows up all the time Mm -hmm. right of like that's something to aspire to of like be devastatingly hot and have all these traditionally feminine qualities but also act like a dude but yeah. don't look like one right don't have feelings don't yeah I'm fine yeah yeah just like be fucking cool just be fucking cool but also be fucking hot yeah <laughs> like be cool in the exact way that i want you to be cool like be completely aloof until like i desire you and then be so into me mm-hmm. just like a dude right <laughs> it is it, it, it but she like exp- i forgot how explicitly she yeah. states it mm-hmm. but again it's like that there are those good moments in the mm-hmm. movie that seem like almost like it's a mistake yeah and then it's later weaponized again her is like she is a dude and like you know joseph gordon levitt and it's also so such a slippery slope for them to characterize joseph gordon levitt's desire for a relationship as feminine yeah because the way he is in a relationship is scary and weird Mm -hmm. and god there's that scene where do you remember the the scene where they're in the elevator and he asks her like how her weekend was and she's like a little dodgy Uh doesn't seem to really want to talk to him she's like it was good yeah and then immediately he gets so mad yeah. like, she's not good enough for me anyways she's a bitch blah blah blah, blah, blah. she's fucking somebody she's fucking somebody yeah. all weekend and right. it's like she oh my god nothing. he calls her a skank yeah. again yeah mm-hmm. and yeah so oh god <laughs> yeah no, there's there's a lot of eliza skinner made this point on twitter so i don't want to like make you oh know. friend of the cast yeah, friend of the cast. cast. she was saying how like 
there are so many moments where she's just trying to be like early on where she's just like a woman trying to just navigate being polite to people in her office that he interprets as like one thing or another where it's like the Smiths thing to her. She's probably like, oh, yeah, we're in an elevator. Let me just say something. Oh, yeah, I also like the Smiths. And he was just like, oh, it's on. Yeah. And it's like, how many times are you just like in a space with a guy and you're just like, yeah, hey, uh, let me make small talk for a second because it's mm-hmm. weird to stand in silence with you. <laughs> right. And it's just like so much of her is just trying to like exist in a space. And, and he's then, interpreting yeah. it, which is why he's such an unreliable narrator yeah. and w- mm-hmm. why it's a problem for the movie to be like, hey, look how great this guy is. Yeah. Right. But yeah, so she, yeah, she's just like, yeah, I like this mess too. And then she like exits the elevator and you mm-hmm. see him like visibly splooshing in his pants yeah. being like, oh, shit, she oh, loves God. me and I love her. Oh, God. Yes, yes, yes. Morrissey's an asshole. And so am I. Oh, it's great. Of course you love Morrissey, you piece of shit. <laughs> Literally peak Smith's fans. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Of course. I just have such a problem with the way that the movie ascribes certain traits as being masculine and other mm-hmm. traits as being feminine whereby yeah. she doesn't run a relationship so she's a dude that's a guy thing yeah and he wants a relationship so that's almost like emasculating and that's like make him being feminine and mm-hmm. it's just like those qualities are not like mutually exclusive to any gender and it's like so it subscribes to these like very rigid gender norms it's interesting because i feel like men and women have had very different reactions to this movie. Mm -hmm. Like, at least based on my Twitter conversations, Uh it's been defended vehemently by guys. Mm. And, like, women, I think, like, a lot of women, like, especially as you get older and you watch it as you get older, you're kind of just like, I know this guy. Mm -hmm. We've we've all, like, known this dude and, like, the way that they're sneaky about, like, how, what a piece of shit they are. They, like, hide it until they show it. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, yeah, no, this is, like, something I've had to, like, dodge my life and had to look out for like guys don't have these kind of warning signs to be looking out for another in like women mm-hmm. like right. they, so i think they they're just like oh yeah like it's just we're just watching two different movies because right. women are just like well yeah no this is um this is a to me this is like a it's a warning manual for what not to go after uh-huh. <laughs> and men are just like oh man you can't have it all. I think that a lot of people use this movie as a manual, but for yes. very different things. Absolutely. Where guys are like, oh, this is, you know, like they, they mm-hmm. view Joseph Gordon-Levitt, like you're saying, as like scorned. Yeah. Mistreated. Uh-huh. Uh, they're, oh God, the scene where he's like, I say we're a couple, God damn it. And yeah. you're just like, no, you know, where is that where he runs down the staircase and he's like, No, you go ahead. And yes. There's two women yeah. in the hallway. And it was like screaming. You're, you're an angry piece of shit. And then that scene is followed with her showing up at his door, drenched yeah. from the rain. Yeah. And she's that like, LA I'm rain. Yep. <laughs> right. Mm. She's like, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have gotten mad at you. Because this yeah. all happens after he punches a guy at a bar because mm-hmm. he threatens his masculinity. Yep. Yeah. So there's that scene where a guy comes up, tries to hit on Summer. She's very clear about saying, I'm not interested. Yeah. I'm flattered, but I have no interest. Please go over there and leave us alone. Yeah, she yeah. handled it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it was done. Yeah. It and was done. the guy's all like, really, this guy is your boyfriend? Mm-hmm. And then Joseph Gordon-Levitt stands up and mm-hmm. punches him in the face and then gets punched back. Yeah. And she is very mad at him, understandably mm-hmm. so. Right. Well, and she he punches that guy because he's not her boyfriend. 
he punches him because he can't punch her. Mm. Like to me, Ooh. it's like that, that whole scene is just him being like, I'm not even the thing that you think I am. And then fuck you summer for not letting me be the thing. Cause it's like, he, yeah. could, he also earlier could have been like, Hey, back off dude. And then just like, he, like there were moments that he could have also like backed her up and he never backed her up. The only time that he got mad is when like he was called a boyfriend and he's not a boyfriend. Well, he only cares about her as it pertains to him yeah outside of that he has no interest in her yeah right and on that note we're gonna take a quick break everyone just take a lap <laughs> take a lap <laughs> me focus features presents back to black i want people to hear my voice and just forget their troubles experience the music and her story know this i ain't no spy girl like never before that's my daughter that's my amy Big screen. I want to be remembered for just being me. Amy Winehouse, Back to Black, directed by Sam Taylor Johnson. Rated R, under 17, not a minute without parent, only in theaters May 17th. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. And we're back. Woo! Uh, yeah, I I mean, it's so weird because it's like we're trying to have a conversation about Summer, but we literally don't know enough about her. We know these few tweef, like, next bus facts about her hair. Her mm. parents are divorced. She loves cutting her hair off because she feels nothing. Well, there's the also... The divorce narrative, too, I feel like is a, used to be yeah. like, oh, well, that's why she doesn't believe in love. It's yeah. like, maybe she just doesn't. Like, right. Yeah. She doesn't need that. We see that also in The Holiday with Cameron Diaz's character. The Holiday. The Holiday. (laughs) (laughs) Cameron Diaz, like, her parents got divorced when she was 15, and her whole thing now is that she cannot cry. She has not cried since she was 15 years old because she's so damaged from her parents being divorced (laughs) 20 years ago. Directly to hell. Oh, my God. So, so yeah, we we understand, I guess, why... She's so emotionally damaged, and it's because her parents split up when she was younger. And it's then, also so crazy because everybody has friends whose parents are divorced if their parents aren't divorced themselves who live perfectly fine lives. And it's just right. like yeah. such like a lie that it's like it's just really lazy. insulting. Yeah, it's lazy and insulting to make that like a thing that we know about her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a a few scenes in this movie that I wanted to just go through because I feel like they have become like semi modern iconic in ways that are weird. Mm-hmm. The expectations versus reality scene mm-hmm. I feel like is constantly cited as as a joke at this point. Yeah, but is something that comes up all the time. And I mean, I think we we may have even covered it already, yeah. Brandy, because it's like we don't see that from 
Summer's point of view. No. And that scene is very serving to the Joseph Gordon-Levitt character where it gets a lot of sympathy for him where he's like, he just wants a girlfriend, but he drinking a beer at the rooftop party alone. Like, he's at the rooftop party. Another scene yeah. that I I loved the first time I saw it mm-hmm. was the um, the dance scene after he has sex with her. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. yeah which yeah. rung to me this time sinister yeah as like a conquering kind of thing yeah right. for sure because she makes it clear in the other the last iconic scene i wanted to talk about the ikea scene mm-hmm. where that was oh my god when i was a teenager forget it i was like <laughs> this is the template for love this is also something i can afford to do yeah. let's all go to burbank can you imagine <laughs> can you imagine the horrible teenagers just the sweaty hormonal teenagers yeah. the summer this movie came out just laying just spread eagling <laughs> and dry humping all over the ikea the poor summer of 09 probably not a good time to be working at ikea but she explicitly... I got finger banged on top of us non <laughs> <laughs> Hot. Yes. <laughs> uh, but, like, she makes it clear to him in the Ikea scene, she says, you know, she kind of establishes the boundary before mm-hmm. they have sex of, like, this is fun. You're fun. Like, don't yeah. text me walls of text the second you leave my house Yeah, kind of thing. Right. Just have a good time. This is fun. You know, it's, yeah. it, it's, it seems pretty clear. It was not clear to me when I first saw it. But mm-hmm. she does make that clear. And then he does have sex with her. And then it's this... Yeah, the fucking returning conqueror sensitive boy where, Mm -hmm. again, the movie has no idea that it's doing this, but just the implication that that is like he got what he wanted. Mm -hmm. Yeah. He was pursuing this like girl that he was pining over. And then when he finally gets to have sex with her, it was like the best moment of his life where there's like dancers in the street and Mm -hmm. a marching band. I passionless missionary. (laughs) Passionless missionary. Absolutely. (laughs) Oh, God. Nothing was going on. No. That was some really boring hetero nonsense that was happening. Doesn't at one point, like the only other relationship he had when he was like in fifth grade or something, that's like a, a line that they say like your last girlfriend he's talking he's saying that to his friend Mackenzie okay he's like you you don't know what you're talking about the last girlfriend you had was in seventh grade and you dated for three hours oh okay got it um so we don't we don't know a ton about uh Tom's but we do know a little bit about Summer's relationship history because Mm -hmm. he asks her about it and she's reluctant to talk about it but Mm -hmm. he kind of presses her and she's like okay fine and the one thing I want to mention about that is she's like, oh, for a brief time in college, there was Charlie. And it cuts to what his imagining of Charlie to look like, which is like yeah. a guy in a punk band or something yeah. like that. And then Summer says, she was nice. And then his face goes, oh, what, what, what? And then it cuts to a woman in the oh, same oh, band. God. Yeah. What is happening there to me is mm-hmm. it's glossing over a queer relationship. Yep. She could not say less about this character, yeah. Charlie. Um, and it's also like a suggestion of, oh, it happened in college. So oh, it was yeah. just her experimenting. It was a phase. Like, yep. Very dismissive. And mm-hmm. that leads me to, so I want to go back to how characters talk about women, queer people, etc. For example, there is a moment where Tom is talking to his friends, Paul and Mackenzie, and they're all like, well, what's going on with you and Summer? Like, are you tell boyfriends or more, whatever? Tell me more, tell me more. Yeah. And 
Tom's like, boyfriend, girlfriend, whatever. Like, we're adults. We don't need to put labels on it. And then Mackenzie, for no reason, says, you sound gay. <laughs> and Paul says, you really do. <laughs> and it's like, wh- what? What? That was, what? Even was baffling. Where, yeah. I mean, it is like 2009 and like, I would say we're peak no homo yeah, around yeah. this mm-hmm. time where For guys sure. are. And this is not to just really take every opportunity to take a gigantic dump all over Judd Apatow, but I will. Yeah, uh, This was like around the time where the Judd Apatow no homo oeuvre was mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. unfolding where it was like, oh, men can be friends now as long as they constantly state that they could not be gay. And they always have to be, when they're friends, they have to be shitting on women. Yeah. But, you know, real, a real lateral move of, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, men are allowed to be friends. It's not gay to be friends as long as you're always saying it's not gay to be friends. The implication is that gays are bad and women are bad. Mm-hmm. Yep. Love that guy. Also uh, demonstrated. But gay women, cool. But, uh, <laughs> hot. hot. Totally hot. Especially uh, in college. <laughs> Deport Seth Rogen. Um, yeah. There's a moment. <laughs> Send it to North Korea. <laughs> so we still need to talk about the sister character, but there's a yeah. moment where his sister is like giving him advice about like, oh, you just need to like ask her what you guys are doing when your relationship. Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh, that sounds hard. And she's like, just do it and just don't be a pussy and it's mm-hmm. like using that language yeah <sighs> calling a man a pussy mm-hmm. is suggesting that he is weak and effeminate and bad especially and then like his 12 year old sister calling That's him so a annoying. pussy like yeah. so let's let's talk about that character I don't even know if I have anything to say other than what an insufferable trope that I hate mm-hmm. it's awful we're yeah we're so seeing lazy. it's so lazy, lazy. Yeah. it's a way to for like usually male writers who don't know how mm-hmm. to write children or yeah. you know pre-adolescent girls oh let's just make her wise beyond her years <laughs> make her know exactly how yeah. to be an adult so we see this trope in a couple other movies that i could think of off the top of my head which was like the nice guys mm-hmm. i feel like this happens in kick-ass yeah, uh, Paper yeah. Moon. Some people were talking about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I know it's other places. I Every just can't remember. Jerry Maguire show. Jerry mm-hmm. Maguire. Yeah. yeah, little kid is a real smart. Right, but I'm talking about specifically like ten to thirteen yeah, the- year old girls. Yeah, who seem to only hang out with adults. Seem yeah. to know how to give the best advice for adult situations. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just such a lazy tropey. So, yeah. This character. She does not exist. You've no. never met a 12-year-old girl like that. No, for sure. And it's just She's such She's not a... even sweating. There, <laughs> yeah. I'm like, 12-year-old girls are never not She's playing sweating. soccer. Yeah. And she's... The line that she says is... Because she's giving him relationship advice. She tells Tom, you don't want to ask her because you're afraid you'll get an answer that you don't want, which will shatter the illusion of how great the last few months will have been. It's like, that... I'm not smart enough to say that and I'm bitch I'm 32 like (laughs) it's it's incredibly lazy it's and the way it's using this character is kind of like she's not like the other girls like Mm -hmm. that kind of Mm -hmm. deal where uh, I don't know it's uh, this whole movie is is very incel but it for sure like honestly yeah. i was like there's a subreddit where just <laughs> shitty little virgins just talk about this movie constantly and are just like right uh, god summer she was uh, so mean 
every summer's a Stacy. Like that's their. Yeah, yeah. yeah. There, it's ugh. Chloe Grace Moretz. I mean, I fe- I feel for her because yeah. she seems like a smart young lady. But boy, has she been thrown some real crummy parts since yeah. she was a very young girl. It's a bummer. <laughs> uh, yeah. So that yeah. that character absolutely sucks. But and is like. And is used to say mean things about women mm-hmm. is and is sold out by the male screenwriter to be like, well, if a girl says that yeah. women are bitches, then it's like his little get out of jail free card. Yeah, mm-hmm. he's like, it's too mean coming from his grown ass adult male friends. So I guess right. we'll just have the little girl say it right. instead. And that's her whole purpose is just to be like another bro. And then the other tool I feel like he uses is like when the movie came out, it, it is the narrative does a lot to mask what a shitty guy Tom is, mm-hmm. but the, another way they accomplish that is by giving him shittier friends. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Where Absolutely. they're like, well, he's the best one out of them. Yeah. So of course she should settle for him. We mm-hmm. haven't met a man who's better than him. Yeah. But he's awful. He <laughs> just happens to be the most you know, nice passing yeah. guy in the, in this movie where everyone else is just straight up. Yeah. They've, they just, which is almost more admirable. It's like, mm-hmm. at least I know who you are where Tom, God, the whole thing where he's sketching out the skyline. I'm like, do you know that architects build one building at a time? What the fuck are you doing? Yeah. There, there, this, this isn't how you're an architect. Idiot. This is not how to be an architect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're just painting, you're drawing skylines. It's, it's just not- being an architect. Right. It's. I was like, it, is he going to? Is his dream to build twelve buildings? He just wants to build Los Angeles. That's his dream. <laughs> yeah, those buildings are already done. I just want to sketch. Yeah, it's, he's. It's done. Yes, yeah. it's finished. I just want to sketch the most boring postcards. I think that's. He's moving from greeting cards to postcards. <laughs> oh, and this scene where he's like, this is bullshit and you know when he's like lashing out at work he's like love is actually more complicated than a card and it's like wow hot take you fucking yeah. genius uh, yeah good Ugh, what a fucking narc he say, loser he's basically a cop i hate him yeah tom is definitely a cop abolish tom abolish tom, abolish tom. <laughs> in that in that monologue he's giving he does say that it's like pop songs and greeting cards and movies that have like fed him the yeah. lies of what romance is which goes to show and it's also true in the very beginning like the voiceovers saying that he had this belief that he wouldn't never be happy until he met the one which stemmed from sad british pop music and a total misreading of the movie the graduate which just goes to show how influential media is yeah right how movies lead us astray all the time right i also on that note there's i guess a, a visual joke it's a scene where tom and summer go to the movies And it shows the marquee of the movie that they're seeing. And it reads, part vampire, part giant, vagiant. Which I guess is supposed to be a vagina joke. I can't... it's not my least favorite joke I've ever heard. Yeah. And I have to, that's something I have to fight. Yeah. <laughs> I, um, it's my favorite I part of the movie. I didn't care for that. I think. Yeah. Um, the bar is so low, though. There's, my favorite part of the movie is when it cuts to a screen that Han Solo is on and he yeah. like, gives a little wink. That was. That part's pretty that, great. that glimmer of Star Wars was my favorite part of 500 Days of Summer. I like the goob. Um. <laughs> I honestly just kept watching and being like, you know what would make this movie great? If, like, 
she took off her skin and was an alien at one point i just kept being like what would make me like this and i was like oh if like all of her like i don't want a relationship is because she's (laughs) she's from mars well at one point whenever tom is on the date with this other girl and i want to talk about that scene oh yeah but he's all like i can only come to two conclusions she's either just an emotionless stupid bitch or she's a robot and that would have been like if she had just like turned out to be a terminator just just powers (laughs) down for it yes there that's a great i love that yeah make that turn in the movie i was like where's that third act where she's just like and then she fights mothra (laughs) great done i I was reading um i was was just sort of going through some of the stuff that's been written about because a lot of people's viewing of this movie has changed over the years rightfully so i found Mm -hmm. an interesting post from i don't know what her full name is her name is jen and she wrote a really wonderful comprehensive piece about Mm. this and she names because the conversation around this movie is a very manic pixie dream girl and that's true mm-hmm. and that's present in a lot of movies but she names the Joseph Gordon-Levitt character mm. uh, depressive entitled fantasy lad <laughs> D-E-F-L and I, I really I liked that, that. Yeah. yeah, because that's absolutely what he is the mm-hmm. entitlement is something that just never hit with me the first time I saw it but yeah. it's so you know that line uh, I love how she makes me feel mm-hmm. you know like he doesn't love her at all and just that it's such a common thing in relationships coming from the man especially just in my personal experience of Mm -hmm. like someone just having an idea of you and then getting to know you makes them angry yeah which is horrible and that's exactly what happens in this movie the better he gets to know her the less he likes her because he doesn't actually like her right he wants he wants a specific thing Mm -hmm. and has found the correct vessel to Mm -hmm. project onto but also how could he like her because we know nothing about her like nothing about Mm -hmm. her personality is really established there's a moment toward the beginning there's more voiceover narration where uh the voiceover says there's only two kinds of people in the world there's women and there's men which one that fails to acknowledge that yeah. gender is a spectrum that yeah, that and was, that there uh, are yeah, many people like, who, 2009 <laughs> yeah. come on what about all the people who do not fall within that gender binary <laughs> yeah. anyway yeah. uh and then it goes on to say that summer finn was a woman Uh, Whenever she worked at an ice cream parlor, everyone went to it. And whenever she tries to rent an apartment, everyone gives her a discount and like all this stuff where I recently learned about the Mary Sue trope. And I was Mm -hmm. curious to see what you guys thought about whether or not she falls into that trope. If you're not familiar Mary Sue's, and it's kind of hard to classify because a lot of people kind of interpret it different ways. But from what I gather, a Mary Sue is a trope female character in which she is essentially perfect. She has no real discernible flaws. Mm -hmm. Her beauty is coveted by everyone. Everyone thinks she's marvelous and great. Mm -hmm. But aside from that, she's also just underdeveloped. Like, those are the only things we really know about her. It's more common in, I think, fan fiction, from what I understand, this trope. But but there's also, like, Mm -hmm. Bella Swan is cited as, like, the quintessential Mary Sue, where, like, everyone loves her, even though she's, like, ordinary. She's, like, very... uh, From Twilight. Oh, I don't know. That's, that's for sure not for me. <laughs> just the look of sheer shutdown rejection that came over Brandy's face just now. Was, oh, no, 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 it's for sure no, no, not no, 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 That's going to be a no. But I guess I didn't hear that term until um, Fury Road came out. 
because Charlize Theron's character, I mean, maybe it's been around before that, but because to me, everyone was like trying to tear down that movie because Charlize's character is is a Mary Sue. Oh, that interesting. Yeah. That's that. That's how I think of it as like more of like an action. In my head, it's more of like an action here. Like she can, she has yeah. all of the skills oh, okay. to like solve a plot point, kind of. I became aware of it through yeah superhero movies of like the token woman in an action movie or the yeah. token woman in a a superhero movie because that is like almost uniformly the case until very recently and still sometimes anyways. Got it. Okay, yes. I I think there are those kind of different interpretations where I also, I like watched a video where people were saying that Rey from the new Star Wars is a Mary Sue type Mm -hmm. because she can do everything right away and Mm -hmm. she's perfect and everyone loves her. But I I don't necessarily think Summer fits this category. And the more I like was watching it this time, I don't necessarily even know that she is a manic pixie dream girl in the way that like Natalie Portman is mm-hmm. in uh, or Kirsten Dunst in Elizabethtown was like where the was the source of uh, Nathan Rabin, the the writer mm-hmm. yeah. for the AV Club, even naming the trope. But th- well, because she's not manic is the thing. But she, yeah. I would say, is a pixie dream girl. But it, that's because we see her so often in someone else's thoughts. Mm-hmm. You yeah. know, where it's like I don't know the character itself. It seems like there's more there mm-hmm. that the movie just isn't interested in. So I don't really know what to do with that. Where it seems like there is like some complex stuff about her. Mm-hmm. That Tom never inquires into because he doesn't really care. Yeah. So we see her as a manic pixie dream girl, or at least a pixie dream girl. But I don't think that that's actually what the character is. That's I don't what know. He wants. Yeah, that's he, what he wants. He wants her to be that. So mm-hmm. he's like, he stops looking beyond. He's just like, your favorite Beatles, Ringo. Ugh. You're such a pixie what? dream girl. <laughs> Meanwhile, I don't know who his favorite Beatle is. You fucking coward. <laughs> You're. Uh-huh. How about you match it and you tell me who you think is the best? Well, he likes I mean, Paul. Oh, yeah. He's no, sure. no, he likes he's Lennon because yeah. he wants to hit a woman yeah. really bad. No, for sure. He's definitely yeah. a John Lennon guy. Oh, yeah. I love John Lennon and Morrissey, and they're just like really good guys. Yeah, it's it's like, oh, do, are you also investing in crypto, you fucking psycho? Oh, what are he's you? A, he loves Bitcoin. God, he loves yeah. crypto. Oh, yeah. That should be added to that. To that. <laughs> <laughs> and then entitled Bitcoin bro, lad. Oh, entitled Bitcoin. Will you accept crypto for this Morrissey vinyl? (laughs) Hi, I'm a murderer. Like, (laughs) can we talk about the one of the only other female characters in this movie, which is the girl that he goes on a date with after he's been broken up with? Woman. Um, This character's name is Allison. Uh Um, How that? That's her first mistake. (laughs) It should have been. She should have been New Moon or something. Her name is January, and yeah. <laughs> um, so they go on a date. He treats her like absolute shit. Yeah. Um, he tells her very upfront, saying, this isn't going anywhere, because uh, basically I'm in love with someone else. He only talks about Summer. He only talks about how he's heartbroken mm-hmm. over her. And then we see a moment where... She's like, okay, let me get this straight. She never cheated on you. Mm-hmm. She never took advantage of you. And she told you up front that she didn't want a boyfriend. And we, as the audience, are like, oh, maybe he's going to come to a realization. Is this the moment? Nope. And nope. instead he goes, I have a great idea. Let's go to sing karaoke. So, like, you see him continuing to be the entitled guy that he is, yep. having no self-awareness, having no idea how he has approached this whole relationship mm-hmm. with Summer has been completely wrong yeah. and entitled and bad. Yeah. 
Yeah, he learns nothing. Poor, yeah, Allison, she didn't do anything wrong. No, she didn't. <laughs> she was so patient with him. She was. Good for her for second locationing with him. Right? She, <laughs> I feel like I would have been like, I think I'm done. Um, we really saw Allison do some serious emotional labor yeah. that night for a <laughs> strange man who hated her. Uh, as <laughs> Which a, is yeah. like, I've been Allison. I don't know. Well, I yeah. think we all probably yeah, have. Yeah, ever gone on a date with the man who's like, uh, I let me talk about my ex-girlfriend the whole time. Time, mm-hmm. And also, I hate you. They're like, <laughs> yeah. oh, cool. I, I'll I'll sink six months into this. Let's do it. <laughs> Let's do it. Also, as a former karaoke host, this guy for sure doesn't tip. You can tell he's oh, not a tipper. Definitely yeah. not. You can just see it in mm. all of his choices. He has a four chan account. Like this, there's something wrong with this man. Also, like one one of the many points where I had to be like, do not check out. It was also when. She sang Sugarland or whatever that song is. Sugar Town. Yeah, Sugar she went Town. Full Nancy. Yeah, she sang Sugar Town, but they didn't have Born to Run in that karaoke. Right. <laughs> it was just a way to drop. I also like Bruce Springsteen. Uh, mm-hmm. How dare you? How, as a former KJ, that is not how the books work. And have a karaoke massive, jockey? Yeah. <laughs> That's uh, what we're called. Karma KJ. I'm surprised that that wasn't included in your intro. Uh, I was going to plug it in the outro. Um, hey, ladies. Former KJ. Yeah, I'm just like a former KJ. Uh, yeah, it, that, that just made me mad. I was like, oh, she has to sing the twiest song just to like make her like even more, you know, like ethereal mm-hmm. and everything. Mm-hmm. Right. Well, the song that she chooses yeah. as a frequent karaoke mm-hmm. attendee mm-hmm. a ka yeah. if you will um, <laughs> you want other people to sing fun songs yes. that you can sing along to and i'll have an uproarious time uh-huh. her song choice is stupid it's a bad choice like no one wants to sing along with that no one's yeah. having a good time with yeah. that song rude yeah anyway some hot karaoke takes i'm too scared to do karaoke i'm a baby <gasps> really I've, n- I've never done it the yeah. trick is you really have to it. get really know. drunk <laughs> i uh, i uh, i'm good at that <laughs> not the karaoke part i don't know i want to talk about the scene that happens in the copy room after the the ki- there's a surprise kiss mm-hmm. in this movie where yeah. it's the friday night where they're all at, at karaoke mm-hmm his drunk friend Mackenzie is like he likes you he is the 4chan account guy <laughs> oh yeah, for yeah. sure he's on 8chan now <laughs> <laughs> for sure is and then whenever Summer's like is that true do you like me Joseph Gordon-Levitt's like no as friends maybe but I don't like you uh, because he's an immature little asshole yeah then the weekend passes and they're in the office together in the copy room. They kind of look at each other mm-hmm. and then she just like saunters up to him and plants a right on his face. Yeah. yeah. First of all, this is they're at work. Like yeah. not appropriate. Technically harassment. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Workplace harassment. Yeah. And you know, he's into it because he fucking loves her or yeah. loves the idea of her. But yeah, it's just like really that's how so much of it. It was also like looking back at as it is recollections of him. I'm always halfway through the movie I was like, is any of this even the way things happened and true? Like is this all just like your memory of like and then she sauntered up to me and she fucking planted one on me in the copy room. Right. Right. Yeah. Like how much so is, skewed. Yeah. Or did it happen where he was like that. leering yeah. over her and mm-hmm. then she turned around and he was like, Oh, her turning around means Ready she wants to, to kiss. kiss. Yeah. <laughs> and then I kissed her and then she was was uh, my ward for <laughs> also it's it's fully 290 days of summer and then yeah. 210 days of 
Joseph Gordon-Levitt not being able to accept a breakup. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They break up on day 290, and then mm-hmm. he stalks her. And then can we talk about where the movie leaves off? Because mm-hmm. this is – Joseph Gordon-Levitt decides he's going to build 500 buildings. <laughs> yeah. He draws another skyline. He's like, me going to get a job. I was like, for what? For you, – you have to pick – one and they can't be buildings that are already oh, yeah, there. You have to design your own building. He's That's so stupid. He has he's... not had an original thought in the entire movie, and that includes being an architect. Right? So like, he's so stupid. Yeah. But the, there's a scene at the end where he's once again drawing buildings that already exist yep. outside and sees Summer, and she's in a new relationship because she has to be in a mm-hmm. relationship, of course. And he kind of got good luck chucked mm-hmm. where she met someone who wasn't a total. I mean, maybe. Maybe he is a total chode. We don't know because don't the movie know. doesn't care about Summer. But she's like, oh, I'm with someone now. I'm in a relationship and I'm happy. And I think that this is a sticking point for a lot of the incels who are like, she was she she was lying. She did want a relationship the mm-hmm. whole time. And she was just leading him on and blah, yep. blah, blah. She never leads him on. She mm-hmm. always tells him that she doesn't want to be in a relationship yep. with him. Probably because he sucks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then at the end, I, he's the hero because he's yeah. able to sort of accept it. And now he's going to build a building that exists already Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) exactly i hate him and uh, again we're meant to believe like whenever they meet up again at the park toward the end of the 500 days of summer Mm -hmm. you know she's all like i'm somebody's wife how crazy is that it was fate i just knew when he like he's the one and the movie frames it so that the audience is supposed to think, oh, man, what a, what a bitch for not choosing yeah. him. Yeah. What a bitch for not choosing mm-hmm. Tom, this sensitive, wonderful guy that we've grown to love. And it's like, no, like yeah. the movie so irresponsibly frames so many of those scenes and situations like that. And, mm-hmm. you know, we when we revisit this movie, we realize, oh, no, like, yeah, yeah. he is the bad guy. Yeah. He is a possessive for sure. creep. Well, even like the way that she talks in that scene feels like him telling Mackenzie what happened at the park to be like, and I'm the, I know I'm a wife. Oh my god, Does this whole Look movie, my bangs <laughs> take place in his head. Like, yeah. do we ever actually meet Summer? The whole, uh, the, yeah, it's just like the most insufferable being John Malkovich of all time, being inside <laughs> like the head of an incel. I do want to see like Summer like talking to her friends of like. Yeah, there's a guy I'm dating and just like whatever it's just because I don't know I've been in situations like that where I'm like yeah just like really nothing else is happening and yeah. you know I don't think he's gonna kill me I can't I, sometimes <laughs> I'm just like I don't think he's gonna murder me and they're so sure great yeah it seems like it would be more trouble because he's an emotional psychopath and so it would yeah. be more difficult to break off than uh, just like have sex with him every once in a while and appease this emotional vampire yeah um, <laughs> Exactly. That's how I picture her talking about him. I'm like, well, he bought me Swedish meatballs once, so (laughs) he has two (laughs) dollars. Yeah. So, oh, that's fun. I want to talk more about that IKEA scene where when they're like goofing around, they're all they're having fun and their sink is broken and like tee hee hee. (laughs) They're lying on a bed at one point, and then he like looks up and he's like, "Summer, I don't know how to tell you this." But there's a Chinese family in our bathroom, and then it cuts to this family, and they're all like, uh, and then they walk away, and it's just another example of how the white, straight characters in this movie talk disparagingly about marginalized people, where it's like, one, 
how do you know they're Chinese specifically? Yeah. Two, like that's played for a joke as in like, mm, ooh, yeah. what's this ethnic family doing here ruining our perfect white hetero moment? Yeah, exactly. And, <laughs> Why would they want to look at a bedroom? <laughs> right. Exactly. Why would they be in an, a Swedish yeah. blonde store? Yeah. And <laughs> this movie is painfully Caucasian. Oh, yeah. God. Yvette Nicole Brown is in it for mm-hmm. a second. Yes. And, and her I talents hope. are way underused because I sure. love her. I think she's very funny. Yeah, yeah. she's great. But And then there's... There's a moment in the park where they're screaming penis over and over again. Yeah. And then people are like, why are they screaming penis? And they're like, it's okay. We have Tourette's. And it's like, no, okay. You're making fun of a disability now. Yeah. Cool. There's another moment when they're also, like. Also, like, you're not in 10th grade. Like, you know what I mean? I hate. Like, yeah. They're, they're like penis- in their late 20s. Yeah, if you can vote, you can't play the penis game anymore. I'm sorry, you're done. I love that limitation. Yes. <laughs> well, I hate, I remember after that where boys were doing that again mm-hmm. at school. <sighs> and I, I, you know, listen, I'm a grown adult and I have been since I was 13 years old. I do not play the penis game. Yeah. Wow, brag. I, and yeah. Yeah. That's I guess that's all I have to say. Also, why's it got to be the penis game? Why can't it be a vagina yeah, game? Yeah, vagina. Yes. Yeah. That feels but like I don't want to play yeah. that game out. No, I don't, I don't want to either. Grow up. I yeah. do want to go see the movie Vagiant. Yeah. What's it about? I, I don't know. I can't wait to do our episode on teeth. Oh, yes. That'll be a thrill. There's also a moment where Tom is on the phone with Mackenzie, and he's like, are you coming to this wedding? And Mackenzie's like, I'm not going to go to that wedding. It's going to be old people. Because oh. old people are gross. <laughs> I mean, old people also <laughs> turned out to be code for black. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. That wedding is very weird. I was like, what's happening? They're... I don't know what to do mm-hmm. with this information. Because <laughs> they're the o- basically the only two white people at like an all-African-American wedding. Yeah. Right. And I was like, what is this choice? What's, who's, whose wedding was that? That was some of their colleagues. Yeah, oh, okay. some co-workers. Oh, okay. yeah. yeah, co-workers wedding. I was like, what? Did you realize you needed to be diverse? And you were like, well, we have the wedding we scene. We have one scene, yeah. We'll right. just put all the black people in one wedding scene. And none of them get to talk. No. Or, you know, have any, play any significant role in the story. It's like set dressing. It's mm-hmm. the Wes yeah. Anderson thing of using minorities as set dressing. Right. Mm-hmm. So that if anyone ever challenges, why are there only white people in your movie? He's like, oh, no, they're in the, the background all the yeah. time. <laughs> you know? Like, and where They're in the oh, background, what? not talking, not having any characterization. Well, what? Yep. Also worth saying that Mark Webb, who is just the Robbing Chode behind this movie has gone on to have a very successful film career. Uh, he directed the Andrew Garfield Spider-Man movies. <laughs> oh, those are bad, though, especially the second one. He's bad. Very and bad. last year he made a movie that I couldn't get through. I tried to go see as a joke, and I could not get through it. That movie, Gifted, about the child we're talking about the like the really smart kid talent like it is kid yeah but yeah i mean on that note this movie is directed by a man written by two men it's the story is being told through the lens of this male character it's like so much male perspective too yeah yeah it's crazy like it would have been this movie would have been interesting with a female director to like tamper some of that and to Mm -hmm. be like "Mm, let's balance this more and like there's yeah. a way to tell this story correctly sure you know but yeah it's I not mean, this, this movie is not, this is not this it. Is not it i do yeah i do yeah. want to see a version of this movie where he's punished yeah mm-hmm. yeah absolutely she like lets out one of her tendrils at the end and is just like ah i'm <laughs> martian the whole time slurp <laughs> jump 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 <laughs> Does anyone have any other final thoughts about this movie? This movie is bad. People should stop watching it. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's not a fun hate watch. No. Mm-hmm. It is just, it, it sucks and it'll remind you of a version of yourself you won't like very much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> the movie was like very well reviewed when it came out. Big yeah. success. Of course. My favorite glowing review of this movie was uh, that it was the best romantic comedy since Love Actually. Oh, wow. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So a great movie. Fuck this movie. The end. <laughs> yeah. It's really, I screen grabbed a couple of reviews because they made me very, very fucking angry. <laughs> this is great. Sometimes you never ever truly figure out why these mysterious creatures break your heart ah! <laughs> I was that for a line ah! mysterious creatures being robots slash aliens yeah yeah, yeah. I will say the uh, the World Socialist website gave it a negative review. They're very oh, they're very smart for doing this. They, they like were like, uh, "This is bad." <laughs> it sucks. I mean, it yeah. sucks from every angle too. Where it's like lazily written, bad for women, mm-hmm. bad for men, bad mm-hmm. for the yeah. entire spectrum of gender is punished in this movie. It's sure a bad is. punishing experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Everyone loved it. And it's it's also like tries to play itself off as like, I feel like now the damage control has been like, but it's satire. And it's like, no, it's not. It's not. It's not. That was never the intent. That's not the intent of this movie at all. It comments on nothing. Mm -mm. Nothing is subverted by this movie. One of my Twitter chodes was like, it's like, it's just like Starship Troopers. (laughs) And I'm like, hello? How dare you? Number one, (laughs) do not come starship troopers <laughs> do not come ever again. yeah you don't deserve to come you're done um, <laughs> you're done coming um but it, he was like it's a satire just like that and i was like no it's not that's not the yeah. point of it yeah oh, i guess i need to revisit starship troopers uh-huh. it's pretty fun okay <laughs> great it, that one probably actually does pass the bechdel test i think hmm. i'd be surprised i'd be interested in that well speaking, speaking of, of which yeah. i was like oh here's caitlin's chance mm, mm, i How's love a good transition <laughs> that's how you know i'm a good podcast guest i was like i see the clock i see where there. we're going <laughs> you're so, no stranger <laughs> does 500 days of summer pass the bechdel test no not even close not really. even close i don't Actively think avoided it yeah, yeah. <laughs> really goes out of its way yeah. i don't think two female characters even interact in this entire movie no i think this movie is over if two women talk in yeah. this movie because they'd be like um joseph gordon levitt's kind of a fucking jerk like yeah. and then they're and then you know we we cut it off at day four and i'll go home yeah, yeah. oh yeah you're right imagine yeah. the conversation between allison the girl that he goes on one date with mm-hmm. and summer and they yeah. just be like remember when we like spent any time with that guy yeah Ugh, he sucked he's a nothing weird guy. <laughs> yeah like in retrospect joseph gordon levitt's like oh remember that weird guy at work who like was obsessed with you yeah man <laughs> He th- he's trying to be an architect now, but <laughs> I don't think he knows what he's doing. Yeah, he just draws skyline yeah, of existing draws. buildings. Yeah, it's just buildings that are already there. He doesn't fundamentally. He went to school for it. Right. I just don't know how he has a degree. Buildings are there. They already exist. They're done. He's just drawing the World Trade Center and over and over again. <laughs> What's just happening? Go to a space that's empty. Yes. Void of buildings. Yes. And then make one. Also, you know that iconic LA skyline. <laughs> Right. So dumb. this movie does really want to take place in New York very badly. Very badly. Um, well, yeah, shall we awful. rate the movie on our nipple scale? Yeah. So we rate the movie based on its portrayal of women, a zero to five nipple rating scale. I'm going to go ahead and give it, I'll say a one nipple. I'm giving it that many and not fewer because I 
do like that for a split second, if we just kind of ignore all the other context of the movie, we see representation of a woman who is not like marriage obsessed and Mm -hmm. not going gaga over, you know, trying to find a boyfriend. Mm-hmm. But because that trait of hers is demonized in yeah. this movie and made to seem like she's a bitch because she doesn't want to instantly marry Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character, that is one of the many problems of this movie. This movie is also extremely white, mm-hmm. uh, extremely hetero. It doesn't do as badly as some movies we've seen in queer bashing, Yeah, but it's certainly not an ally. No, no. Not, there's no queer characters Mm-mm. so it's just yeah. like unless you count of... summer's one queer relationship in college which again is so glossed over Skipped that we can over. hardly even yeah. begin to understand what that was yeah. yeah and it's just it's us supposed to be sympathizing with an extremely entitled possessive guy who the movie would want you to think is this super sensitive wonderful person when in reality he sucks and Summer's character is wildly underdeveloped. Uh, the sister character is that stupid Annoying. trope, that yeah. really dumb trope Lazy. that does not, no 12-year-old girls are like that. Nope. Yeah, there's just so many problems with it, and I give it one nipple, and that nipple belongs to, I guess, Allison, yeah. the girl that he goes on one date with and treats like shit. Yes. She Allison. deserves more. And yeah, she was like the one rational female character that we yeah. see. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm giving this movie no nipples okay. at all. I, w- I would give it negative if I could. I stand for Zoe Deschanel in that I find her to be more sympathetic than and, and uh, whatever. Already yeah. went through that. But yeah. I think seeing this movie as a teenager had a negative effect on my life. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I resent that. It affected, for sure, my behaviors around boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it affected how I would allow myself to be treated. Mm-hmm. And, like, where it's, like, you see a movie where... And, and this is, I mean, this movie is not the sole source of this, but just, like, because I was the exact right age to yeah. get all the wrong messages from this movie when it came out, and mm-hmm. so was yeah. everyone I went to school with. Yeah, I mean, it, it affected the way I viewed myself. It affected the way I assigned value in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that it just, it, it, it did nothing good for yeah. anyone. Mm-hmm. And it did make Joseph Gordon-Levitt a huge star, and then he went on to play the role a million times, and no one ever gave him trouble about it. Anyways, this movie fucking sucks, and I have no <laughs> nipples to give. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah. Uh, I will give it also zero nipples. Mm-hmm. Or like, I had a breast reduction a few years ago. I'll give it the leavings of my old boobs. <laughs> you, get, you get a couple of get pieces. Get scraps. The, yeah. rem- the remnants. Yeah. You get my tit scraps. There you go. That's all you deserve, because you should be confronted with something that is real at some yeah. point. So that's what you get. The only way that you should be allowed to watch this movie is with a woman in your 30s sitting next to you with a remote control that they can pause and then hit you with the newspaper if you agree with something that just happened. It's the only way that you can watch this movie. Everyone, uh, see if Brandy will agree to watch this movie with you. Venmo her a million dollars and maybe she'll consider it. No, no, no. I would love to watch you watch this movie. It's really... I was yeah. just angrily petting my dog last night. It's like, you just became a therapy animal. 
Yeah, this movie is is garbage. It's it's yeah. done. I wash my hands of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, Brandy, thank you so much for coming on this journey with us. For <laughs> thank you for having 500 me. 500 hours of talking about <laughs> summer. Where can people follow you online? What would you like to plug? Uh, yeah, I'm on Twitter and Instagram at Brandazzle. You can find me there. Um, and then uh, my website's brandyposy.com, and that has all my tour dates and deets. I mm-hmm. do, I'm on the road like four or five months out of the year, so I go all over the place. I'm a stand up, so um, I'm pretty fun live. Come hang out. Oh, I yes. promise. I'm, promise i'm a good time and then i have a podcast called lady to lady uh that's myself barbara gray and tess barker and we have like a different guest on every week and uh you guys have both been on mm-hmm, um, true. yeah it's a real it's a real real silly fun time we just kind of gab and have a good time and basically uh live our live a bechdel life at all times <laughs> great uh, <laughs> feels true. feels real good yeah find me there um i have a show in la monthly called picture this that's comedians paired up with animators and they live animate your jokes behind you during their set and it's uh, very silly and it's the virgil monthly and then we do that around the country a little bit too but brandazzle and brandyposy.com has all that info and of course don't forget your illustrious career as a kj yes a karaoke oh, yeah where did jockey. you where did you kj back in the day jay all-Star Lanes and Eagle Rock. Oh, yeah. good. That's us. Wow. I, I like that place. I, that place I bowl rules. there. Wow. Yeah. 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 I bowl. It's yeah, a I bowl. <laughs> bowling alley, dive bar, karaoke lounge, Chinese restaurant. Mm-hmm. It's uh, it rules. really great. Um, you can follow us, the Bechtel Cast, on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook at Bechtel Cast. You can subscribe to our Matreon. It's five dollars a month, and you get two bonus episodes every single month. It's August, so that means uh, on the on the Matreon this month, we've got the episode everyone's been asking for: Doubt. Uh, <laughs> we, have, we have Doubt, and then we'll also have hackers because caitlin's being very patient with me this month Uh, it's your birthday your birthday month so i got to pick my favorite movie doubt and a movie i haven't seen hackers so (laughs) go to the matreon for all of that and you can go to our website bechtelcast.com and we've got all kinds of merch there got our episodes there just yeah check us out online and I'm going to go sketch a building that exists. <laughs> I'm going to go talk to a Latinx person in Los Angeles uh, mm-hmm. at some point today. Oh, <laughs> yes, please. Um, oh, God. It took place in Los Angeles. Uh, yeah. And it's so... But did it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, goodness. Well, uh, you know, blessings. <laughs> good tidings to you. Bless your heart. <laughs> and uh, and um, God blesses everyone. Goodbye. Bye. <laughs> If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender.
I'm late. I'm late. Very, very important date. Time is running out to score adult theme park tickets at child prices from Undercover Tourist. This summer, make your Walt Disney World vacation more affordable than ever. Escape into a place where magic has the power to transport you into stunning worlds and your favorite stories for less. Buy from Undercover Tourist, an authorized seller, and link to official Walt Disney World apps so you can add on Genie Plus and Lightning Lane upgrades easy. Book your adult theme park tickets at child prices with Undercover Tourist now and save. UndercoverTourist.com. Come.